0: is madness. Madness. Good game radio. GG. Hey, guys. In this episode, we talk about the, uh, the NBA as it sits uh, around Thanksgiving of 2019. Uh, we also talk about Stephen A. Smith and uh, how we feel about him personally. Um, We talk about the Lakers and the Lake show. Um, We also talk about John Rondo coming off a minutes restriction. Um, We talk about uh, Commissioner Silva, I believe, uh, talked about shortening uh, the league from 82 games down like 78. Uh, We talk about end season tournaments. And somewhere along the lines, I think we talk about the Florida Gators. Don't ask me how that happened. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Again, as with the first episode of this season, uh, bear with the audio a little bit. Um, starting on the next episode, going forward, the audio will improve. Uh, thank you guys very much. Hey, guys. Welcome to Good Game Radio. Uh, we're going to start with, I guess, what's going to become a tradition on the show. Is, uh our segment called Take a Seat. Um. Stephen A. Smith. My personal opinion, I don't know why the guy – I don't know why he's on television. I don't know why he's on the radio. Uh, I personally do not care for him. What are your thoughts?
1: Me personally, I don't have a problem with him. I think he's uh, pretty good at what he does. I like hearing his takes on things. I also like Max Kellerman. Uh, being on First Take with him, I think they both do a good job and uh, very insightful on topics. And um, I honestly, Stephen A. Smith might be, not my favorite guy to listen to, but he might be one of my favorite. Uh, If you want to talk about someone I cannot stand, absolutely hate, that would be Skip Bayless, but that's for another day, another story. But uh, Stephen A. Smith, yeah, I got no problem with him.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I could listen to Shaq talk about barbecue chicken more than I could a lot of Stephen A. stuff. Um, I guess the thing that really hurt me with him was when Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant were both at Oklahoma. Um, he made a comment saying that Russell Westbrook, you know, wasn't a superstar; that he just piggybacked off of Durant. And that's how he got his numbers and his stats. And um, I mean, I disagreed then, and I still disagree now. I mean, uh, after the whole Durant and Russell Westbrook split from Oklahoma, he you know he went on to be Mr. Triple Double. Uh, I'm not going to say that Russell Westbrook can be clutch and take over a game when he needs to, um, but as far as your workhorse or your pony boy, you know, he's going to be your go-getter all season. So. I guess that was the the main issue I had with Stephen A's. I felt like that was a real uh, unintelligent remark.
1: Well, see, me and Stephen A. Smith, we share a common love and a common belief, uh, a common uh, energy we have toward a certain team, and that would be the Dallas Cowboys. We both hate the Dallas Cowboys, and, I mean, I love hearing him roast them. Every time they lose, he gets on there with his cowboy hat. He starts laughing and talking about them. I mean, it's great TV. Uh, I guess that's why I don't mind him and I like listening to him because anytime anybody bashes Dallas, I'm all for it. So.
0: Dallas pretty much does it to themselves. So um, I definitely can't argue there. There's always some sort of drama in the Cowboys organization. Uh, what are your impressions of the NBA so far this year? We're We're almost to Thanksgiving, so... We're not quite a quarter of the way through the season, but we're starting to get uh, – you know, everybody's getting their legs under them and the teams and the records are starting to take shape. Uh, what's your opinion of the league right now?
1: My opinion of the league right now is that the Lakers are going to win the championship in 2020. Um, they are just – they look unstoppable right now. LeBron and AD, um, Danny Green. Uh, all those role players, they look like a well-oiled machine. Um, LeBron looks like an MVP candidate. In my opinion, he should be the MVP frontrunner as of right now. Uh, he's leading the league in assists in year 17. Um, he's started playing defense again. Uh, he's taken a lot of heat for that over the past couple of years, but this year he's stepped it up. Uh, he set the tone for the team. They're all playing defense. Uh, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, might be number one still. They were a couple games ago. Um, but uh, that's my opinion uh, as far as the rest of the league. Uh, the East is kind of up in the air. Beginning of the year, I picked Boston to go to the finals out of the East, and I believe they are the one seed as of right now. Uh, but still, it could go either, either way in the East. Uh, in the West, it's between the Lakers and Clippers, but I think ultimately the Lakers will – Take the West simply because the Clippers um, and Kawhi and his little load management he's got going on. I don't know if they're going to be able to build enough chemistry going down the stretch. We'll see. Uh, never understood why he needs the load management now. He's not hurt or anything. Uh, this doesn't make any sense.
0: I mean, I understand you want to take a break every once in a while. You know, maybe maybe you got to. A back-to-back, you know, two games in a row, maybe you want to sit the second one or the first one out or something. I mean, I can understand that now and then. Um, but you got LeBron who wants to play as long as he can play, and then you've got Leonard who spent all that extra time sitting out with uh, San Antonio, and I understand that he did that to make sure that his injury was healed. Um, but also part of that, I feel like maybe he said a little too much. Um, using the word load management, you're kind of setting the, a standard for yourself. And when you use the word load management, you're taking more than one day off. Like you're taking several kind of deal. Um, I don't feel that at this point in the season that anybody should really be talking about load management. Um, so I do feel that call sitting a little much and, it concerns me, but we'll see what happens Comes uh, come the end of the season, come playoffs. Um,
1: it's, like, though. it's like all right, you, you pay your hard-earned money to go see Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers play at Staples Center or wherever you want to watch him. And then he's not playing. And you spend all that money and you want to see Kawhi, for example. And then he doesn't play. So you're out there watching his backup. I mean, you get to still see Paul George, but still, it's not—it's not the full team, and that's what you pay for. That's like if I went to go watch LeBron, and I paid for my ticket months in advance, and then he just decides I want to sit out tonight. I'm tired. I mean, what what good does that do the fans and the networks that are showing the games on TV? It's a uh, it's a bad look.
0: I mean, if you're going to do something like load management, I think a good thing to do for the fans would it, at least be, you know, engage with the fans that come to the game, you know, walk around the front row seats, shake some hands, sign some autographs, take some pictures, you know, at least, at least be there and uh, kind of make it like a fan day, you know, in, in, engage the people that came to see you.
1: Yeah, that would be good, but... That's the thing about Kawhi, he's not that type of dude. He's really to himself, he's kinda quiet. Um I don't see him doing anything like that. I can see LeBron doing that or maybe James Harden. But uh Kawhi he's just a different type of cat. Um in a way I kinda like him the way he operates. He doesn't really care about the the glamour and uh uh being seen and all that, he just wants to play basketball, but also that hurts him as far as his star power and his brand um, LeBron he builds his brand he's all about building his brand and um is he just he's just a different type of guy I mean he still drives his uh, what is it his 97 blazer around which is I think it's kind of cool but he's just a different type of guy and I just don't see him going around engaging with the fans like that. I might be wrong. He might be really fan-friendly, but as what, from what I've seen on TV, he's just kind of to himself.
0: And I'll, I'll agree with you. I, I can't necessarily say that what he's doing is a bad thing. I mean, I don't personally agree with it. I wouldn't do it. Like, if I was in the league, the whole load management thing it's, it's just not something that I would personally do. And I know I don't have that capability, and I'm not saying that I have that capability, but... As far as for my work ethic and for my fans and for my teammates and my team, you know, I would be there. But you also can't argue with what Leonard's doing because he's, he spent all that time sitting out in San Antonio and then went on to win uh, the NBA championship with a brand-new team next year. So
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, it worked. So when it works, you can't really – can't
1: really hate on him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I can see where he's coming from, saving himself for, um, you know, the playoffs, kind of like a woman saving herself for marriage. <laughs> but um, I can see where he's coming from. But still, you, when you're a star like Kawhi is, and potentially could go down as one of the greatest of all time, I just don't see the point in it. Because there's people that want to see him out there. Uh, I just think it hurts the game, honestly, but it works for him. If he wins another title this year, I guess I'll shut up about it.
0: Um, What would be interesting would be, you know, when they're in the playoffs, if Paul George has to take time off for load management, but then Leonard's in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's a good thing about the Clippers. They can rotate those two in and out because they were the 8th seed last year in the West without either one of them. So just adding one of those guys makes them a title contender, in my opinion. But adding two of them, it's like them and the Lakers are the two favorites to win it all this year. So we'll see what happens down the stretch. Um, I can't wait for the Western Conference playoffs. uh.
0: And uh, as far as, like, the Lakers, you know, I would agree with you on that. Uh, I mean, I am a LeBron fan. I do like LeBron. uh, So I am not – I'm not riding the LeBron bandwagon here. The team just looks good in general. Um, I believe the only person that didn't look good was Contavious Caldwell-Pope early on. Um, But as far as everybody else, everybody else has been contributing great. Um, Rondo came off a minutes restriction, and he's looked good. Um, Danny Green's produced. Uh, I've seen JaVale McGee do some good stuff. Uh, And, you know, LeBron's channeling his inner John Stockton. You know, he's up his defense. He's over double digits in assists. So, uh, I mean, that team's definitely um, very well-rounded and very good at this point. Um, I'll tell you, a team that surprised me going in this year has been the Grizzlies. Um, I mean, I I picked John Morant to be my favorite for rookie of the year, uh, but he's already producing more. Uh, now than I thought he would
1: at this early on. Yeah, John Morant, I was telling him as well coming out of the draft. I thought this – I said it the night of the draft. I was like, this is the most loaded draft of all time possibly. When we look down the road years into the future, we look back at that draft, we're going to be like, wow. And I think, yeah, Zion, of course, is a big name, but John Morant, he's going to be a stud. And, yeah, he's already producing – Uh, I like his game, kind of like a Russell Westbrook in a way. I don't not high on Russell Westbrook, but kind of similar game game styles. But uh, yeah, John Morant, he's a stud.
0: Yeah, I would I would say it's kind of a cross between Westbrook and a little bit of Steph Curry with the uh, the finesse and the finishes. Uh, He's not not quite as shove it in your face as Westbrook, but he he gets the job done. Uh, and, you know, I, I agree with you on that point, too. But, you know, obviously Zahn's the the one everybody knows, someone everybody talks about. Uh, and I mean, Zahn's going to be good. He's going to produce in the league. Uh, I personally feel that he's a little more one-dimensional compared to some of the other people um, that came out.
1: But that one dimension of his is going to be hard to stop. He's like a freight train.
0: He is. He's impressive. I mean, that's that's a lot of... A lot of weight coupled with that height. Uh, I mean, that's that's a lot that teams are going to have to contend with, you know, in the years to come. Um, another person, and you were talking about this being a deep, you know, draft. Um, I'm wanting to say it might have been a lottery pick, but I'm wanting to say it was like in the 20s is they uh, the Heat picked up Tyler Hero, and he, he's been good so far this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good names out of this class. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how many big names come out of that class.
0: You've got the uh, you, then you got the undrafted guy on the, uh I believe it's the heat too. Is it was it Chris Nunn?
1: Um, I'm not sure. I think it's I, Chris Nunn. I'll keep up much with the heat. i honestly the only NBA games I've been watching this year, I've watched all the Laker games. Uh, just been, just been uh obsessed with this team, and just they're fun to watch, man. Uh, not only because LeBron's there, just the whole team, just a great team to watch.
0: Well, I know when Rondo's on the court, and that, some of the other players do it too, but uh, pretty much every opportunity that Rondo gets, he throws a half-court alley oop. Yeah. Uh, I've heard some people, I've heard some people, you know, they talk about the load management throughout the season. You know, that's a topic that people talk about a lot, but, uh, something else I've also heard people talk about, um, you know, they talk about decreasing the amount of games in the schedule, um, you know, from like 82 games down to like 68, 70, um, to try to help the players and to try to keep interest in the season, the entire season. um, I've also heard him mention doing tournaments, um, like at the beginning of the year, or um, you know around All Star break, kind of like the NCAA has like the Alaskan Shootout and stuff like that. Um, do you think that would be something worth looking into in the league?
1: Um, I think honestly that they, they should keep it how it is at 82. Uh, I'm not sure how long. The NBA has been an 82 game regular season, maybe ever since it started. I'm not exactly sure, but I don't like changing that type of thing because it affects the stats of a season long. Like when you're comparing players like, for example, LeBron to Jordan, uh, you want an 82 game season to compare and contrast because if it's less games, then, you know, uh, the player. Playing in less games in the season is going to be less tired, and it's not really a fair comparison. Um, also, they don't get as many career stats as another player would in the past. So I like keeping it the way it is. Uh, I say the same thing for baseball in the NFL. Um,
0: speaking about you know college sports, something that I saw personally. Um, I want to say it was like two weeks ago, but it could have been two months ago. It was recent. Um, is the NCAA has decided that it's going to allow uh, NCAA athletes to uh, earn money or receive money, um, you know, I guess for their likeness or for their name on a team, um, and – Obviously, that's good for the athlete because just on the off chance they get injured or they have a career-ending injury, you know, at least they receive some monetary compensation for their uh, talent. Uh, But the other thing that I've heard people talking about and that I'm personally interested in is uh, there's the possibility of bringing back the NCAA uh, college video games. Um, What do you you think about that? Do you think the games will come back? Um, Do you think the players making the money is a bad decision. What do you think about all this?
1: I think it's a great thing for those college players to be able to get money for their name, uh, like if they want to sign an autograph or sell a T-shirt or whatever they want to do. I think it's great because college sports make a ton of money off these kids, millions and millions and millions of dollars, and they don't get any of it. And they're putting their bodies on the line. And, uh, I uh. not good idea that they're able to do that and I'm glad they are Um, and as far as the college games coming back I think that's great too because I know a lot of people like those games and uh, bringing that back would be uh, a big boost to college sports I think in general, get more people interested and uh, I would like to see them come back I haven't played any video games in a while uh, a couple years actually but uh, whenever I was playing video games regularly, I would I liked uh, the college games quite a bit. So I think it's a good thing, and I hope they do bring them back.
0: Uh, I can definitely say that uh, with the college football, the the option plays or the trick plays was a lot of fun, and that was something you didn't get, um, you know, with Madden. Um, so that that's definitely something that was enjoyable about the college. Um, and then you've got the teams, you know, like Virginia Tech, you know, if they get a big name talent, obviously they're going to sell a lot of jerseys with that guy's name on it. Or um, if the NCAA had signed this deal um, with their athletes while Johnny Manziel was playing, I mean, Johnny Football would have sold a lot of merchandise and been able to make a lot of money for himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anything about somebody like Tim Tebow, how much he would have made. I mean, I have a a Florida Gators Tebow jersey in my closet as we speak. and It has no name on it, of course, but uh, I, at that time in my life, I was big into college football, and I love Tebow. And, yeah, I would have bought plenty of Tebow merchandise if it was available. So it was hard to find that jersey. But now it looks like it might be a lot easier to find the jerseys and the shirts and whatnot. So it's good for the players.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of college athletes that I would have enjoyed merchandise from. Uh, I know Jimmer Fredette would have been one I would have enjoyed um, from BYU. Um, You had the guy from Baylor, the uh, Isaiah Austin. I would have enjoyed a jersey of his. Um, So I definitely think it's a good thing for fans and just for everybody in general, honestly. Um, I mean – i feel like those players are already in the spotlight so maybe giving them money like that for their talent and for their effort might have pre- might prevent people like johnny manziel from getting in the nfl and then go party crazy
1: yeah because it gives them a little taste of getting some money and then when they go pro they got all that money they don't know what to do with it so it gives them a little bit of a taste of making some money off of sports and managing that money and it should help the kids as far as that goes, um, not blowing it all on cars and partying and whatnot.
0: And uh, you were talking about Tebow. Uh, I know in a, our previous podcast we talked about uh, Aaron Hernandez. Um, I believe they all played on the same team at one point. I believe yep. Hernandez was a Gator. Um, I believe Cam Newton. Didn't Newton transfer from Florida?
1: Yeah, Cam was uh, Tebow's backup for one year.
0: There was a lot of talent on the the Gators roster.
1: Yeah, uh, Percy Harvin was on that roster, Riley Cooper, the Pouncy Brothers, who are now in the NFL. Um, Shoot. Uh, A lot of players on defense, too, that I can't even think of right now. Fowler, who plays for the Rams, was on that roster.
0: And I, and I know it's a little bit off topic, but I just wanted to take the time to mention, you know, how much talent was on that Florida roster. It just happened to come to mind. Uh, yeah. Kind of like uh, Miami in the years before Florida, Miami had a lot of talent. Uh, they had Devin Hester and uh, I believe it was Greg Olson on Miami. Um, so yeah, there's been a couple teams throughout the years that had a lot of star
1: potential. Miami's been uh, NFL. Like, they, they produce so many NFL players at Miami. I mean, I could go on for a long time. Listen, you got Hester and Olsen, like you said, uh, Willis McGahee. um, uh, well, Ken Dorsey was a quarterback there when I first started watching college football. He wasn't much in the NFL, but, um, there's been Ray Lewis, uh, Ed Reed, lots of guys come out of that, that school. So, yeah, those Florida teams, they produce the NFL players, that's for sure.
0: Well, that's about all I got for this episode of the podcast. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts, any words for the viewers? Uh,
1: just want to say, uh, keep in mind that the Lakers are rolling right now. LeBron's the GOAT, as usual. Don't ever forget that. You're 17. LeBron is the GOAT. Um, just get ready for that championship parade in Los Angeles. Everybody, mark your calendars. It's going to be epic. Uh,
0: Kobe Bryant is going to host the uh, after, after championship party.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep, Mamba style.
0: Well, this is Jay Whore signing off for Good Game Radio.
1: Yep, I'm Brad Freaking Nolan signing off.
0: Thank you for listening to Good Game Radio. For more information or to reach out to us, contact us at com slash podcast dot gg. Have a good day, everybody. America first, motherfucker! What does the fuck
1: say? <laughs>